Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we look at where we've been today, uh, a lot of really interesting discussions. Of course, a little bit of a breakdown of last night's debate of the first congressional district. And for the most part, it was it was civil. It was dignified. Uh, I think it passed the dignity index uh, on uh, most of the fronts. And I think that's an important part in terms of the conversation and what we really have going on. I was really thrilled. If you missed the last section uh, segment of the program, we had January Walker, uh, who is also a candidate in the 4th Congressional District. First time we had her on the program, uh, and she did a great job. I was impressed uh, with her focus, her business-like approach uh, to what is going on in the race. And uh, we'll continue to monitor that, and they will be on stage tomorrow uh, both uh, Darling McDonald and January Walker are confirmed to be on the stage tomorrow night. Uh, as news has been reporting, uh, the Bridges Owens campaign has not confirmed uh, that as yet. So we'll we'll stay tuned and stand by to see uh, what happens there. Either way, there will be a debate tomorrow that will uh, be a really interesting uh, clash of ideas. And how that gets done is something we're going to watch really close. And we're going to continue to use the Dignity Index to look at how we talk about Areas of disagreement. Uh, it's easy. The areas we agree on is, is easy peasy stuff. Uh, it's where we disagree that how we disagree actually matters. And so we've got to get to a different point in in all of that. We also talked today uh, about other places around the world where we have disagreement. We had Damis Guerra on uh, who actually had just landed in Israel and talking about uh, some historic uh, treaties and things that were being hammered out and done between Israel and Lebanon uh, that could uh, increase the flow of natural gas. Uh, that could be good for Lebanon, could be good for the region, could be good for Europe in terms of another source where they can get natural gas uh, during the winter rather than just Russia. That's an important conversation. And how those negotiations take place is so fascinating for me to watch and look. Uh, we also talked about the railroad strike. And just weeks after the Biden administration declared victory that the strike had been averted, the unions are saying not so fast. Uh, they have more demands and more things that they want taken into consideration. Uh, obviously, we know a rail strike would be devastating to the economy and to the supply chain. And, and so I want to get in this last segment and just talk about how this kind of influence happens, whether it's between Lebanon and Israel, whether it's between unions uh, and and those that employ them when it comes to railroads, uh, whether it's our political conversations or how we negotiate how we spend money in Washington, D.C. 
uh, all of those things, there is an opportunity for, for influence. And the way that we go about that is what I want to get to today as we ran out the program. So I actually want to go back uh, to some remarks by Abraham Lincoln. These were remarks to the Springfield, Washington Temperance Society in 1842, uh, because nothing says influence more than 1842. Uh, when uh, Abraham Lincoln talked about influence and persuasion, because when we look at all of these things, that is what we're looking at. And sadly, because of social media and because of what we have decided matters, uh, it has become not influence or persuasion. It's blunt force instrument. Uh, Twitter and social media is blunt force. There's no room for nuance. And because of that, we often lose the ability to be persuaded And so here's what Lincoln said back in 1842. He said, when the conduct of men is designed to be influenced, persuasion, kind, unassuming persuasion should be adopted. It is an old and true maxim, Lincoln said, that a drop of honey catches more flies than a gallon of gall. So with men, if you would win someone to your cause, first convince them that you are a sincere friend. There's some authenticity in that. Therein is a drop of honey that catches the heart, which, say what he will, is the great high road to his reason, and which, once gained, will find but little trouble in convincing his judgment of the justice of your cause, if indeed that cause really be just. So let's break that down just a little bit. Uh, I think it's so important that Lincoln understood the power of authenticity and the power of compassion uh, to understand where someone is coming from and to be able to listen with empathy, to listen in a way that goes beyond just words and phrases, but gets down to meaning and intent. And once someone experiences that, once they feel that, then you can persuade, then you can influence I was talking with our, our friend Brooke Walker at uh, Studio 5 on KSL-TV, and we were talking about this idea of, of influence and persuasion. And we were co- talking about it in the context of Queen Elizabeth, and we were talking about this uh, mark of, of matriarchs, and that often they really aren't those in high position or who are really old, although the queen fit both of those. Uh, but one of the things that the queen did where she had immense influence and persuasion was her weekly meeting with the prime minister. And a lot of people didn't focus on that uh, during the course of uh, the mourning and funerals and tributes about her life. But think about that. Every week she met with the prime minister of the United Kingdom. And in that meeting, there was never a leak. There was never a sharing of an idea or a thought or a worry And because of that trust, she had immense influence on prime ministers, 14 different prime ministers over the course of her very long reign. But I think one of the most important things that she did was she created space, as Lincoln described it, where someone could trust her and could let their guard down enough to be persuaded. And because of that, many a prime minister had moments where they changed their mind, or they recognized that maybe they were looking at the situation 
in a way that was not optimal. That's influence. That's persuasion. But it starts with that sincerity and that authenticity to create space for that trust to really happen and develop. And so when we look at persuasion, uh, which is often what we're dealing with, it is it is the currency. And we live in a world where trust is incredibly low. I don't know that it's ever been lower. But I think there's real power in that simple, gentle persuasion. I, I've always said you can't nag someone to greatness. You can't needle them to improvement. You can't nail them to progress. Just not how it works, not human nature. And I think that's the, the leadership lesson that we've been talking about all day today on this program. It's been ignored by many leaders, many power seekers, and it's so easy for a leader to become so blinded by their press or drunk with power uh, that they begin to think they know what's best for everybody. And they stop listening, they stop engaging, they stop having the dialogue. So you have to be able to persuade. Uh, And again, I think Lincoln described it really well. Persuasion, kind, unassuming persuasion should ever be adapted. Persuasion is grounded in trust. It's fortified in character. It's galvanized in commitments made and commitments kept. And if we're always looking out for and delivering what's in the best interest of those that you're trying to lead, uh, you'll always have the, the right keys to persuade, to influence. But if all we do is blunt force instruments on social media, if all we do is go down to that contempt level rather than to the dignity level of those that we're talking with or talking about or trying to negotiate with, uh, we're not going to get very far. And so we have to have a different kind of conversation, and I think persuasion uh, is at the heart of it. And I think it's that kind of leadership that we're lacking in the nation today. And I think a lot of the troubles that we're facing as a country are a result of a lack of leadership or a lack of leaders who know how to persuade, who know how to influence authentically. Leadership is required if we're going to do the big stuff, and we got to get to the big stuff. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.